it's time for the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show with music, comedy and special guest interviews every Monday through Friday. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our theme music is Fruit of the Louvre, provided by flick composer-producer Howard Eddy. Stay tuned, because it's on now. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. The Tom Sumner Program. Have you lost your job and your health care coverage due to COVID-19? You're not alone, and Genesee Health Plan can help. I called, and they provided health care enrollment over the phone with Medicaid, HealthCare.gov, and Genesee Health Plan. They made sure I had access to doctor visits, my prescriptions, and more. Getting health care coverage can be confusing. You don't have to do it alone. Get help with GHP. Call 844-232-7740 or go to GeneseeHealthPlan.org. We're in this together, and together we'll get right through now, it. COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans and soon they will be available to everyone. This vaccine means hope. It will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. I want to go back to work and I want to be able to move around. To visit with Michelle's mom, to hug her and see her on her birthday. You know what I'm really looking forward to is going to opening day in Texas Rangers Stadium with a full stadium. We've lost enough people, and we've suffered enough damage. In order to get rid of this pandemic, it's important for our fellow citizens to get vaccinated. I'm getting vaccinated because we want this pandemic to end as soon as possible. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. So roll up your sleeve and do your part. This is our shot. Now it's up to you. Hi, I'm U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow, and I'm listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Tom Sumner. we got a good one in store today. Uh, coming up in the third half of our three-hour tour, we're going to talk with, um, and I don't know if I'm saying this name right, Debbie Montasia. Um, she is an interior designer and poet. She's the author of... Uh, Tears of Change, Poems, Reflections, and Quotes for a Meaningful Life. That's, again, coming up in the third half of our three-hour tour, or the third hour, if you will. In the middle, we're going to talk, uh, this is uh, going to be kind of an interesting uh, conversation with a, uh, a couple of resident explorers from National Geographic. They've been involved with... Uh, editing a, a new book from Nat Geo Kids called The Ultimate Book of African Animals. And they are uh, conservationists and filmmakers, photographers, Derek and Beverly Jobert. And they'll be joining us during the second hour. In the first hour, we're going to take a trip. Uh, oh, did I tell you the name of the book? The Ultimate Book of African Animals is the name of the book. Your Guide to Animals That Roar, Race, and Totally Rule. Anyway, that'll, that'll be fun, but we're going to go to Cape Cod during this, uh, this first hour. Coming up in a few minutes, I'm going to talk with uh, San Diego-based writer 
Sally Buffington about her debut memoir, A Place Like This, Finding Myself in a Cape Cod Cottage. And she was born, actually, and, and raised near Cape Cod, and uh, then returns there quite frequently. We're going to talk about that and more with her. But we're going to pick up where we left off yesterday. Uh, I, I wanted to squeeze in a little bit more about Peter C. Kavanaugh, uh, who passed away last weekend, Friday, in fact, I think Friday evening at uh, age 79, just a few weeks shy of his 80th birthday. And uh, a, a new piece that I, that I read this morning, I thought, uh, captured it pretty well um, from uh, All Access online. Uh, Peter C. Kavanaugh, a veteran radio programmer, manager, and announcer, and later in life author who shaped the sounds of Top 40 and rock and roll for Michigan radio listeners for decades, passed away Friday. Um, and I just wanted to say a few things about Peter Kavanaugh because he was so much uh, bigger than life um, for a lot of people. I remember going to Sherwood Forest to see concerts that he put on there with regional talent, which became some of the biggest acts uh, in show business in the country. Uh, Bob Seger, Cream, um, just Brownsville Station. I mean, the list goes on and on. And I remember going to those shows and, and hearing Peter Kavanaugh on the radio. So later in life, when he became a guest several times on this show, it was a real honor, as it was with with Bill Lamb and Les Root and and uh, Pat Clawson and some other people, Dave Barber, um, you know, radio icons from the Flint area. But none really quite reached the stature of uh, Peter Kavanaugh. He um, I mentioned uh, Wild Wednesday, and uh, but his impact on radio. Um, Bob Seger's manager back in the day, Punch Andrews, once told reporters, "You had to have WTAC and Peter if you were going to have a hit in Michigan. If he wasn't playing our record, I would immediately jump in my car and drive to Flint." That's that's how important he was. Uh, that radio station WTAC where he was at was the first to play um, music by the Who, and uh, he worked his way up through management and so on. And it's all outlined in his book, Local DJ. And uh, he and the book, I think, were um, inducted into the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland. Um, as uh, an influence, influential disc jockeys is the exhibit that he's included in. But I played this this next song, and we've got just enough time to squeeze in a song before I go to my conversation with Sally Buffington about her book about Cape Cod. Um, and 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 I want to play this. I played it at the end of the show yesterday. I wanted to kick things off uh, with a, a little bit more about Peter Kavanaugh. And if you want to hear the the interview I played yesterday, um, which was the first time Peter Kavanaugh was on the program, recorded at the White Horse, that's uh, up 
in the archive if you want to go here. It's from 9 o'clock yesterday's date. Anyway, um, I remember going to Sherwood Forest and seeing Peter C. Cavanaugh introduce all of the bands, including Sonny Hug with Craig Marsden, who's been on the show a number of times. He and I became pretty good friends. Anyway, uh, here is the song that Sonny Hug with uh, Craig Marsden used to open with. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. This is the Tom Sumner Program. My uh, my guest this hour is a, uh, a writer and uh, photographer, a musician, and she has uh, just written her debut memoir. Now, usually people only write one, but maybe there'll be more from my guest this hour. Uh, the, the memoir is called A Place Like This, Finding Myself in a Cape Cod Cottage, and uh, it's written by Sally Buffington, and she joins me by phone. Hi, Sally. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Tom. I'm delighted to be here. Now, Sally, you um, you were born and raised in Cape Cod and then ended up in California. Um, 
what what has you looking back so intensely to the point where you've written a memoir about your visits to this cottage in Cape Cod? Well, that's, thank you. That's a good question, Tom. It's, I have lived a bi-coastal life. I don't think I'm alone. I think a lot of Americans start somewhere, move away, but never stop being tied to where they come from. And um, we got, went back. We've lived in California I married into that cottage, basically, and then moved to California. And over 50 years later, here I am. Uh, it gets a hold of you. Plus, I love Cape Cod. I love that place very deeply. Well, you um, you were born in Cape Cod, weren't you? Well, not literally on Cape Cod. I was born in Massachusetts near Boston. Okay. But I, I would call it my spiritual homeland. I was taken there as a baby, kept going, then lived there. So I, I I feel I am of that place. And you went to school to study music, in fact, I think, at the uh, New England Conservatory? Yes, I did. And I had four years of... Uh, I was like being punch drunk on music the whole four years. It was <laughs> <laughs> Were you <laughs> a flutist? amazing times. I was a flutist, that's well, right. Is I it flutist flute. or flautist? Flutist. I mean, you can say either, but I think flutist sounds more like real people. Let's say. Yeah. I, well, I think so. Um, but I, but I think it's fun to to sort of point to the difference. Um, and and I think I read somewhere that you'd given up playing. Have yes, you? I, I no longer play. I love the the flute. I still love music, but I wanted to write more. I I think words and music have been in my life all my life, and the words began to seem more important. Now, in in notes that I have, uh, it, it refers to your book as a debut novel, but or a debut memoir, rather. Um, yes. But you've done a lot of writing. In fact, you come from a writing family. I do. I come from a mostly male line through my father of writers, though nobody, probably anyone has ever heard of, families have these traditions, I think. Um, I have written a lot. I haven't had the guts to put it out there until now. It's quite, you know, it's that step of confidence that you have something ready to say that you want to do. And what was it about your experiences going back to Cape Cod and this cottage that you say you married into um, that you felt was important enough to share? That's, oh, that's, boy, you asked the $64 question there. <laughs> it's that it it came to be the focus place, Tom, of these memories, and I think a lot of us try to prove ourselves against where we came from. You know, no matter how you love it, you wonder, why did I move away? But then you keep returning it. By tradition and loyalty, we kept going back there, and... Uh, more and more as I lived that life of going there every summer, each year it would, you know, cast my life into that, you might say, a light in a sense that's shown on it. More with author Sally Buffington straight ahead. Hello out there, everybody. It's me, Tigger. T-I-double-G-R. That spells Tigger. And don't forget to remember to listen to Tom Sumner program on account of because he's so bouncy. <laughs> 
I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. Our lives have been turned upside down by COVID-19. When a vaccine becomes available, it's critical that all of us get it. What we do as individuals will impact everyone's health, including those who can't get the vaccine. We won't get through this unless everyone takes part. Now is the time to get up to date on all recommended vaccines for both kids and adults. Experts say it's more important than ever for everyone to get their flu vaccine this year. And if you're older, you should get both the flu and pneumonia vaccines since both illnesses can make COVID-19 even worse. Vaccines are available at a lot of convenient places. So be an example for friends and loved ones and encourage them to get vaccinated too. We all want to reunite, travel, and get back to school and work. But that means we all need to get on board. This is the time to do what's right for each other. Get vaccinated. It's our best shot. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe Biden from the Blue Lions. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Ananick. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's, uh, it's, that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I'm willing to admit that. Hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview all always. It's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a kind and check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make. Throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond. Where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air. Where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums. Where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses. And where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County. Where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at Michigan.org. 
This is Congressman Dan Kildee, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. More with author Sally Buffington straight ahead. Now, Sally, I don't know if I know exactly how to phrase this properly, but um, are, are you the kind of person who would um, be as drawn to home if you lived anywhere in the country, or is there something special about Cape Cod? Oh, well, I mean, I think there is, yes. Uh, I think Cape Cod, many of us, the place that we came from, especially if it's a beautiful, natural place, that formed our idea of what beauty is. You know, if you if you grew up with it, you kept seeing it, kept experiencing it, and being in it, sort of hook, line, and sinker, from, you know, walking, rowing a boat, participating in the landscape, it gets into you, and, and that's what got into me. Now, in this, in this book, this memoir, you talk about uh, these regular visits back to Cape Cod, but in particular, this, uh, this particular uh, cottage, the Buffington Family College in Craigville, and... Um, and and I guess I'm I'm and you talk about some of the members of the family and and there are many and they all gravitate to this uh, to this cottage, um, but would you have um, as as frequently um, or at least frequently visited the Cape had there not been the the family connection to that cottage? That's a good question. Uh... I think I'd have gone back repeatedly, but maybe not as frequently. There is one, call it a price you pay, for going to the same place over and over. You don't see other places. And occasionally I would feel envious of seeing people after the summer and somebody would say, oh, I've been to the Great National Park, or I I went here, or I went there, and I'd think, well, we went the same place we always do. So I think I might have explored a bit more. You've, you've got a good point there. And what were some of the things about, I mean, obviously anybody who talks about Cape Cod talks about what a beautiful place it is. Um, but this cottage wasn't exactly uh, Martha Stewart. No, it, you've, and you've, I, I know you have the material that my friend supplied you. Um, no, it wasn't. In a way, we were sort of proud of it. It's something of a New England thing. Um, there are these fancy cottage magazines out there. Well, that's not us. This was a very lived-in place, um, and as time went on, it got filled with people's travel souvenirs, and it got <laughs> sort of a funky charm all of its own. My my in-laws were great world travelers, so things like African masks were to be found here and there. And not everybody liked everything. You had to tolerate some of the things there. What about some of the relationships and and the people in the family um, that you share in the book and and some of the memories you have of them and your visits to Cape Cod? Can you share some of that with us? Yeah, I I certainly can. I uh, a good. Part of the book I think that people resonate with, I I mean, I think all of us, you know, meet up with in-laws and make our way with them, feel we belong or don't. My mother-in-law was a wonderful woman, 
and also very much in command of the place. And I wish I'd known her in a more relaxed way. She was a very strong woman, yet I learned a lot, sometimes not always agreeing. I would think to myself, well, I wouldn't do it that way. And an inner voice would say, well, what would you do? Why would you be different? And then, of course, after her passing on, I got to try it my way. (laughs) And I think perhaps run the place in a more relaxed fashion. And, and I also, just to go a little further, yeah, please. the family I married into was an extremely interesting one. And I liked observing them, just taking a look at this phenomenon. How do some of them feel about the book? Well, some of them, I, I mean, I would say that I've gotten nothing but support. They, When I first announced I was going to write it, I think it was, well, all right, well, go ahead. Um, Did you have people that would say, just don't put me in the book? (laughs) Nobody was that way. I I think it was more like, well, she is going to say this, but let's see if she actually does it. There was some of that going on. You know, it's it's easy to say you're going to do something. It's another thing to carry it out. And... uh, no, I, they have been very supportive. I did have both my husband and our niece read it. I didn't want to say anything that was just completely inaccurate. It was way off base. And I've had a few corrections offered in that spirit. Were, were people that were um, portrayed in the book and, and in your memories as, as you talked about these, these visits to the, to the Cape... Were they generally okay with your portrayal of them and your descriptions of them? Yes, they were. And uh, I I will say I was surprised at one uh, piece of information. Somebody said, no, that happened to me, not her. But the the her in question said, no, it happened to me. So I (laughs) managed to even rewrite that to say that this happened to them both, or at least they remember it in that way. Oh, that's interesting. Did you give uh, everybody that was in the book a chance to read it before it was published? My husband, yes, and our niece, who's sort of of the next generation, the most responsible. Otherwise, I wrote what I wanted to write. And it's been through a number of versions like most books have, I think. What kind of reaction do you get from from readers? from the book so far um, because it at first glance it seems like it might be a little bit too inside Interest, that's an interesting point I've it, it's been all over the map Tom it's also it's still early days it's only been out a couple of weeks so this is new still um, I've had one person say something like Oh, you've uh, written some about someone who's very much like my mother. That's why I moved to the West Coast. (laughs) 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 That's almost, uh, Sally, that's almost like saying moving as far away as I could get. Exactly. (laughs) It really is. It really is. Uh, Because she was from North Carolina, I think. Um, I've also, yet from another family member, of, of a different side of my family, I was surprised that someone referred to the book as gentle, and I thought, has she actually read it? <laughs> uh, <laughs> you don't think it's gentle? 
No, I don't. I think I was honest. I don't think I was nasty, and I wanted to avoid being whiny. I, I didn't want to have a poor little me aspect to it. So I... Uh, well, go ahead. Excuse me. You probably have another question. No, I was I was just going to ask, what are the kinds of uh, uh, stories or recollections... Um, can you can you give an example of one so we get some sense for um, you and the other people and and what life was like in the cottage? Sure, I can I could say that. Uh, let me think. What's a good example of this? Quickly to to summon here. Um, I think particularly I, I've made quite a feature of my husband and his brothers, the three Buffington sons, and I was an only child coming into this. Uh, there was a great deal of joshing, and of course all families have their slang and their talk. Um, for quite a while it was sort of incomprehensible, some of the things they were saying. There was a, a saying that I heard many times, politeness be jumbled and bumbled and banged. And they just seem to love this and keep saying it. And they, it's true, they used it as an excuse to fool around a lot. Well, then when I finally read the book that it came from, it made some sense to me. It was a, a children's book they were quoting from their childhood. And um, things like that and the amount of talk in that family. It's you know, it's interesting. Family. It's, it's interesting that you bring that up because I think most families have... Um, some some insider stuff, you know, the uh, catchphrases mm-hmm. and and things, and I hadn't really thought about that and and how interesting that would be to see someone else's examined as a way of of almost um, legitimizing your own. <laughs> and and really, mine, Tom, being as I say, being an only child. And also a rather, I came from a distinctly quiet, very English-influenced family. So the Buffingtons, particularly at first, was, well, like being at a party every night at the dinner table. It was, uh, it was rollicking. It was, it was really quite. It was both daunting and and perfectly delightful too. Was either of your families, your your family growing up, or or your uh, husband's family? When he was growing up, were they were they storytellers? My family wasn't much, and the Buffingtons were major storytellers. You've got a—that's an important point. There were a lot of family stories, and I heard them. Um, I still do. <laughs> I, you know, you get to know them. I, I, I sometimes have thought that that should be in the marriage vows—that you will listen to the family stories that you promise to. Oh, that's funny. Because I came, I came from a family of uh, of storytellers that that were great storytellers, and I, oh, and it's it's a wonderful thing. I one of my dearest friends is that way, and she if you get her going, it's fascinating. It's uh, well, I mean, in a way, that's very American, isn't it? It's a, uh, I think, surely our our great writers like Twain and others riffed on that and went right to work on it. Yeah, and and as you were talking about uh, the the party spirit around the dinner table, um, it, that just brought back memories for me of of stories being told. That's such a perfect place for that. 
It is. The audience is assembled, and uh, boy, I, uh, I, where did you grow up? I'm interested where you were from, too. Well, I was born and raised in Flint, Michigan. I see. Oh, so you're in your home place. That's it. I, I am in my hometown. I did live in Los Angeles very, very briefly, but um, but my parents had met. Um, my dad was from here, and my mother was from Topeka, Kansas, and they met in Washington D.C. Um, they were both uh, working for members of Congress. Interesting. And wow. they came back to make home in Flint, Michigan. But they had all these great stories from um, from their own lives in their hometowns, but but from mm-hmm. being in Washington, especially. Well, I, I incidentally, I have Washington in my background, and in my case, like again, I think many others, World War II. I wouldn't be here without it, without both parents joining the Navy and from opposite sides of the country meeting in basic training. So I, yes, my mother was stationed in Washington during the war. And again, you're right, I heard stories from all that time, too. Did you, um, how did you meet your husband? Uh, I I was, uh, in those days at the New England Conservatory, looking to increase my social life. And I um, started, because you, you want to as a musician, play in orchestras. I went and played in Gilbert and Sullivan Society at MIT, which is where Andy was. And I met his roommate that way, and that led me to meeting Andy. And um, and then what, what took you to California? Um, getting married. He had a job out here, and, and in fact, I think he won't mind my quoting it, Instead of saying, will you marry me, it was, will you go to California with me? (laughs) That's a very different proposal. It is, but I knew that it involved getting married, but it landed us in Berkeley in in 1968, which was a switch for a couple of New Englanders. And and I was reading, and you kind of indicated this uh, when we first started talking, Sally, that you know, you think of yourself as bi-coastal. You love it in California, but, but you really feel compelled to spend time in in Cape Cod as well. I do. Thank you. I do. uh, I love to live where I am. This is a great place, and I really wouldn't move back east permanently. But I have family. I have friends, ties there, and that beautiful place. Uh, So, yes, I I think I will be, as long as I can manage to be, bi-coastal, really. Now that this memoir has been written and is out, and I know it's only been a few weeks and you'll be tied up, you know, with the the business part of it, the promoting and, and all of that for a while yet, but has it inspired you to dust off other things you've written or write something anew? Oh, I am, I am writing, absolutely, I am blogging. If anyone wishes to read some interesting other pieces, um, see my photographs, uh, www.sallybuffington.com. I'm keeping a a regular blog. Uh, I'm putting photographs on Instagram. And I'm also writing. I hope there will be other books, though I don't know exactly what at this point. But having started, I can't seem to stop. What are the things that you like to photograph, and, and what things do you write about? Well, at at the moment, just to pick up the writing quickly, um, I've been writing more about Cape Cod and my ties there. Uh, 
Uh, also, interestingly, right now, uh, not so much fashion, but clothes, how I choose them, color, what, what interests me, what connotations clothing has. As for the photographs, the natural world, um, particularly also the effects of light within my house on Cape Cod and here, and during the, of course, during the 2020, we were at home, we were, I was looking around me very, very hard. Did you see things differently because you were sheltering and at home like so yeah, many of us? And my neighborhood. I, I would like to say I looked harder than I had ever looked before. It's uh, what's available that you've been looking at all the time, which is much more detailed and beautiful and interesting than you'd ever realized before. Among other things, the I saw it this morning when I got up, the passage of light through my house during the year. It's extremely beautiful. Well, Sally, is there... Um, I really appreciate you sharing this uh, time with me. Is there some place where listeners can learn more about you and the book and, and your work, uh, past, present, and future? Do you have a yes, website? Yes, that, that website uh, is, is just sallybuffington.com. It will, te- it will give you quite a lot of information also, should anyone want to order the book on Amazon, there is a bio there, or you can get the book through the link on my website also. Well, Sally, thanks so much for uh, spending this time and, and sharing your stories. Well, thank you, Tom. Delightful talking with you. Very much a pleasure. All right. Keep up the good work. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And that was uh, Sally Buffington uh, talking about her debut memoir, A Place Like This, Finding Myself in a Cape Cod Cottage. And we'll have more of the Tom Sumner program straight ahead. If you're fond of sand dunes and salty
from the Blue Lions, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. 
While we've been staying safe at home, scientists have been on a journey. The destination, a COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine, and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can, keep wearing masks correctly, and taking precautions until we reach our destination, freedom from COVID-19, and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. Start your weekend early with the Tom Sumner Program every Friday live at 11. We turn the spotlight on the world of arts and entertainment featuring artists from music, TV, and the movies. Catch everything from the rich local talent pool in and around Flint and Genesee County to up-and-coming stars of stage and screen, plus legends from New York and Hollywood. Hi, this is Greg Nagy. Hey, this is Hoppa. Hi, this is Joe Bye from the Blue Lions. Hi, this is Alexander Zonjic. Hi, this is Mark Farner. This is Maurice Davis. Hi, this is... This is Rochelle Ray. Hi there, folks. This is Sweet Willie T. Hey, this is Steve from the Nashville office. I'm Gwen Pennyman Hemphill. Start your weekend right. Go to 11 Fridays on the Tom Sumner Program. Those hands, no matter whose they are, can spread the germs of many common diseases. That's why I want you to realize how important it is to keep hands clean, to wash them regularly and always before meals with Life Boy, which not only removes dirt, but helps to remove germs. Teach the children this habit. Form it yourself. Always use Life Boy for hands and face as well as the back. America, your children have an amazing superpower. That's right. They can help save lives by simply washing their hands. Just 20 seconds of thorough hand washing after they've coughed or sneezed or been outside can help fight against the dastardly spread of germs. Armed with only soap and water and hands, your superhero can protect you, your family, and everyone out there in America land. Amazing! Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Imagine a journey down a picturesque river. Imagine your Flint River, 142 miles of recreation, natural beauty, and precious resources. The Flint River is a vital resource that is available for all to use and enjoy. The river and its ecosystem provide unlimited recreational opportunities and natural beauty while supporting wildlife in a vibrant landscape. We all have a responsibility to protect and preserve this precious resource. Learn more at FlintRiver.org or call the Flint River Watershed Coalition at 810-767-6490. The Tom Sumner Program.com 
Hey, this is First Ward City Councilman Eric Mays, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. You know, every year at this time, I go to the camp. Oh, really? I didn't know that. What camp is it? Well, it's just a little camp upstate. Yeah, well, where is it? Maybe I've been there. No, I don't think you've ever been to this camp. It's just a little place hidden away, a lot of bushes around it. Yeah, well, well, what's the name of the camp? Well, it's Camp, uh, uh, Sunny Sunshine. Sunny Sunshine? One of these places where the, uh, sun worshippers? That's allowed. Just say it's a topless camp. That's That's not bad. From the toes up. Oh. I like it. What what do you want to go to a place like that for? (laughs) I mean, what? Oh, you meet pretty ladies there. I found a girl there. She was great. She was very bashful, though. No, now what's a bashful girl doing in a place like Camp Sunny Sunshine? Well, a lot of this. Why didn't you tell me you wanted to get away? You could go to my place out in the desert. Beautiful out there. Yeah. Miles away from anybody. I didn't know oh, that. there's nothing like it. You get up with the dawn. Yeah. You get out there 5 o'clock in the morning all by yourself. Walk out into the desert. You stand there and you just stare at a yucca tree. You know, I've sat out there. I've looked at 700 yucca trees. No two of them shaped alike. At Camp Sunny Sunshine. Same thing with the girls. No two of them. Now, you know, the picture of you at a camp like that is really kind of funny. Well, look at the way you're getting flabby. Yeah, you are. And it's all the way you eat. You're kidding. I'm getting fat. That's right. You know, all you need is positive thinking. Whenever you get hungry, just say, I am not hungry. Say it out loud. I am not hungry. I tried that. How'd it work? I can't talk with my mouth full. Oh, God. And another thing, alcohol is no good for you. I'll drink to that. No, you... They, they have a lot of help for people that have that kind of problem. There's a new pill. Yeah. Yes, sir. You take this pill, you're not hungry for eight hours. Sleeping pill? No, it's not a sleeping pill. It's a diet pill. Oh, if I'm awake, I'm hungry. You, you know what you're really need to help you? A lot of people just die. What you really need is exercise. You haven't exercised since you left high school. The exercise is great for you. Put you in trim. I get all the exercise I need painting. Painting? Yeah. You know, you, what do you paint? Pictures. I got a little girl comes in twice no, a week. No, no, no. I, I, mean, I mean real exercise. You know every morning of my life, the first thing in the morning, before I have my breakfast, before I shower, before I read my mail, I run five miles. Oh, you ought to move that mailbox closer than that. I, I mean, it's, it's every morning, five miles out there. It's great. It's uh, wonderful. I tried running five miles once. Isn't it wonderful? Yeah, it's great. I slept all the way back in the cab. Uh, it, 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 I'm telling you about exercise. It's great for the heart. You'll live longer. Huh. I don't know about that. I got a friend you wouldn't believe. Exercise. That's all he thought of. Yeah. Push-ups. Exercise. Running. Ha. You wouldn't believe. He had muscles. You oh. Why, at 33 years old, he went just like that. I don't believe it. Truck hit him. Oh, God. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing. You get a little exercise every day at nighttime. Boy, you will sleep like that. I feel terrible. What's the matter? I'm not getting enough rest. Why don't you go to bed and go to sleep? I do, but it's, I dream. It's all those dreams. Really? Well, dreams are good for you. They're very good. They're necessary. You're kidding. Boy, certainly. Hey, did you ever go in the kitchen and see a tea kettle sitting on the stove? Did you ever just stand there and look at that tea kettle? I've never been that drunk. No, no, I mean... Do you, you, you know... you stare at tea kettles? No, you don't stare at They're tea They're going to haul you away. Now, wait a minute. Do you, I mean, you, you take a tea kettle, right? You fill it full of water. You put a fire under it. What does a tea kettle do? That's right. 
You know what it's doing? It's letting off steam, and that's what dreams do for you. They let you let off steam. You should be glad to be dreaming. Yeah, but I got this one dream that worries me. Oh, you got a dream that worries you. That's pretty bad. What, what is it? Same thing every night? Oh, yeah. Same thing. I go to sleep, right? Yeah. Now I'm asleep, and I'm dreaming, and there's a knock on the door. Yeah. I wake up. I open the door. Yeah, well, who's there? A lady in a bikini. Well, do you know her? I do after five or ten minutes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, come on, seriously. That's what you dream. You have the same dream every night? Some nights I wake up screaming. What are you screaming? Come in! <laughs> well, in the, in the morning after a dream like that, are you tired? Depends how long she stays. Oh, come on. <laughs> well, actually, you know, if, that, if you're serious about that dream, it's a perfectly normal dream. Why should it worry you? Well, I moved to a new apartment this morning. I'm not too sure she knows the new address. Right. <laughs> Post office will take care of it. Is that the only dream you have? No, sometimes I dream of steam shovels. Steam shovels? Thousands and thousands of steam shovels. Well, what are they doing? <laughs> and that's all. There's just a lot of steam shovels out in the field whistling. Well, they're moving. Oh well, then somebody's driving them. The lady in a bikini. <laughs> Let me ask you do, you: do you ever do you ever eat late at night? I mean, just before you go to bed, you eat. Well, sure, I have a little snack. Well, that that's that may be the clue to the whole thing. For example, what did you eat last night before you went to bed? Well, let's see. I ordered a couple of pizzas. Pizzas? Yeah. You eat a couple of highly seasoned pizzas before you go to bed? I love pizzas. Well, that's terrible. Well, I wash them down with a little Chianti, and then I go to sleep. Oh, Magic, what do you dream about? An Italian lady. I, <laughs> I know, wearing a bikini. No, mostly anchovies, melted cheese, yeah. little tomatoes. You know, I, you ought to see a doctor about this. I did. What did he say? Come in! Yeah. <laughs> Hello, Fada. Here I am at Camp Granada. Camp is very entertaining. And they say we'll have some fun if it stops raining. I went hiking with Joe Spivey. He developed poison ivy. You remember Leonard Skinner. He got ptomaine poisoning last night after dinner. All the counselors hate the waiters And the lake has alligators And the head coach wants no sissies So he reads to us from something called Ulysses Now I don't want this should scare you But my bunkmate has malaria You remember Jeffrey Hardy they're about to organize a searching party. Take me home, oh Madafada, take me home. I hate Granada, don't leave me out in the forest where I might get eaten by a bear. Take me home, I promise I will not make noise or mess the house with other boys oh please don't make me stay i've been here one whole day <laughs> dearest father darling mother how's my precious little brother let me come home 
if you miss me I would even let Aunt Bertha hug and kiss me Wait a minute It stopped hailing Guys are swimming Guys are sailing Playing baseball Gee, that's better Modafada, kindly disregard this ladder This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program.
It's a Tom Sumner program, don't you know? Go on. Go on, get out of here.